Hey everyone, I'm Mitchell Ray, and you're listening to another episode of the Real Music Nashville podcast. For this week's episode, I sat down with Charlie Argo in person, and uh, we're still going to be doing Zoom chats and whatnot, but it's always nice when an artist can actually make it out to the studio. The conversation just seems more personable, and um, it's just a better experience overall, I think. Charlie's just an incredible, incredibly talented singer-songwriter. His vocals are just on another level. We talked a lot about his EP, In the Name of Love, um, his upcoming album that's probably going to drop sometime next year, and he actually uh, played a song in studio uh, just for Real Music Nashville, which was pretty awesome, so uh, you can find that content in this episode, and also we're going to throw it up on the YouTube page. Speaking of the YouTube page, there is a new episode of the Deconstructed Sessions with Chad Wilson up now. Go check that out. It is a great episode. For those of you that don't know, the Deconstructed Sessions with Chad Wilson um, is a live stream podcast that we produce every other Wednesday, and that's up on our YouTube channel. So just go to our channel, and uh, there's a playlist called the Deconstructed Sessions, and all of that content can be found there. I'm also really, really excited to announce that this Wednesday, that is the 19th, Jax Hollow will be doing a live stream of her own produced by us in studio. So she's going to come stop by and do a, a live stream in Real Music Nashville studio. And I just, I just can't express how awesome it is to have such a great uh, artist like Jax Hollow come and perform on our platform. So that is the 19th at 7 p.m. on our YouTube channel. Jax Hollow will be performing a special live stream. And we also have that event up on our Facebook page. So you can find the link there. And I know we've posted it on our Instagram. So if you just go to Real Music Nashville on any, our, any of our socials, you'll be able to find the link to see Jax Hollow this Wednesday. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe not only to our Uh, podcast channel but our youtube and any of our social media platforms it really does help Um, it really helps us attract sponsors and we're hoping to be able to start paying some of these people that are helping put out some of this incredible content all right that does it for promos plugs and updates we will transfer into the episode with charlie argo with a song off of his latest ep this is called phoenix it'll be all right Coming home Where I don't have to worry I'm coming home Where the world seems not to hurry I'm coming home Phoenix home Is right back there with you You know Phoenix they say That if you go You know, Phoenix, they say that home ain't a place It's a feeling you found I'm coming home Where I don't have to worry, I'm coming home Where the world seems not to hurry, I'm coming home Right back there with you. Charlie, thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let me get... Hold on, I'm going to pour myself a glass of whiskey here. You're fine. I'll take a little nap. Yeah. All right, man, so I saw you... The first time I saw you was out at... When we were doing the deconstructed sessions, we were doing the live stream out there for Chad Wilson yeah. at the Whiskey Bent. And dude, you had just your presence on stage. You were super comfortable. You uh personable talking to the crowd and everything, and your voice is fucking incredible. Songs awesome. Uh I was just blown away. I knew I had to have you on the show. Well, man. thank you, man. I'm seriously I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I love if, what you're doing. Oh, thanks, man. Have you ever have you had any like um I guess like uh, actual voice training. No, I haven't actually. Uh, I grew up 
you know, singing in church, uh, that was really one of the uh, only times. I mean, I, I've I've pulled so much from uh, all of my different influences, you know, throughout my life um, that, you know, I, I've always kind of, I know I sing wrong. You know, I've, <laughs> I've always I've always been told that, you know, you're supposed to sing from your chest, you're supposed to breathe right and this and that, man. And I didn't realize that until, you know, I was getting older in life and started doing a lot of shows and, and uh, I had a lot of friends that did get vocal training and did get proper training that they were supposed to get. And they were like, yeah, man, like you're blowing out your voice because you're doing this and that. And like, I've always been kind of scared to because... I don't want to go to someone and then them tell me, oh, you're supposed to be doing it this way. And it's like, well, that's how I get my sound, man. Yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> so that's, uh, I, I never have to answer your question. No, but, uh, I, it's been something I've been looking into though. I, I, I really do kind of want to, I, I don't think, you know, I, I think some of the best guitar players should still take guitar lessons. You know, I think that's, uh, that's really kind of an important thing, uh, to just keep your chops up, man. That's how I've gotten better at guitar. That's how I've gotten better at my stage performance. It's always been around people that are better than me. And, you know, I, I don't I don't think that anyway, and I know this isn't your question, but it's just kind of off on a rabbit trail. But like, you know, someone says, hey, you're a great singer. You don't need voice lessons. You know, I don't ever never think that, man. And, you know, you can always get better. You can always, um, you know, improve. Absolutely. And and it also just you can learn not to damage your voice, too. Right. Exactly. Else. That's but, that's another one of the big, big but, things. But uh and this came up with uh, another person I, I had on the podcast. Her name was, I think it was Kara Frazier, uh, but she's a very, very talented vocalist. Nice. And she actually, she's gone through, she's been taking voice lessons her whole life and everything. And uh, uh, yeah, it was just like learning to to preserve your voice through that. But also to me, um, you know, play, taking guitar lessons was never as personal and, and as like a voice lesson, you know, right. someone critiquing your voice and everything, it, was, it just seemed much more, uh, I don't know, I, I was always much more insecure about, you know, because uh, it seems like guitar is one thing, it's not part of you, your voice is your voice, you know, it's almost right. like you feel like you can't change it, it seems, I don't know, I don't know if maybe that's something that has kept yeah. you from it? No, for sure. I mean, a voice, a voice is just as just as much an instrument as a as a guitar is to me. You know, so I I think it's so important that you know we're taking care of our voice. We're we're doing the things that you know we're supposed to be doing. I should be you know looking into those ways to be able to take <laughs> care of things. You know, and uh, uh, but haven't yet. But yeah, man, I, I think I think like I said, your voice is just as much of an instrument as guitar. So I mean, it's just learning how to use it you know yeah. a lot of people you think oh it's just natural to be able to talk and sing if you're a singer like no it's not you're like i'm i know i sing wrong i sing from my throat instead mm -hmm. of from you know down here and that that you, you know you'll get no nodes or whatever nodules or right, whatever right. i don't know what they are but anyway uh you get those things that make you uh hoarse and not be able to talk to where your air pipes can't close properly and stuff so that's my my science for the day <laughs> that's about all i know well i sort of started this off on a uh a little bit of a rabbit hole with the whole voice thing, but yeah, no um, uh, yeah, sort of tell me a little bit about your background, just where you're from, what brought you to Nashville, just a little bit of your story, so that way the listeners, maybe people that don't know who you are, can get a little feel for you. Yeah, sure, man. So I grew up in a small town in Alabama, Selma, Alabama, uh, actually a pretty historic town. Um, I was born in Jackson, Alabama, about hour and a half south of there, uh, headed towards Mobile. Um, and, uh, was born there. My parents got divorced when I was about two, moved to Selma, uh, lived out the rest of my life. It was me and my, my older brother. He's seven years older than I am. Um, folks got divorced. My mom, uh, raised us, uh, by herself, you know, as a single parent, uh, me and my brother, we went and traveled to, uh, my dad's house. We never really had the, uh, um, thing where we had to go to his house every other weekend or anything like that. They just kind of said, Hey, you know, we'll, we'll do it as we can, which was awesome. I, I, commend them for doing that um but anyways um <laughs> we uh we would go back and forth to my dad's house my mom you know led a, a very conservative household you know always in church they're washing the windows on tuesdays we were there watching them do it and you know we'd go to my dad's house and you know he lived a whole different kind of lifestyle uh that's kind of when music uh came into play my dad was always big in music uh, my mom was too she always loved you know different types it was always the christian music and and stuff with her. Um, I, I remember her having a, a Hanson's uh, tape too, <laughs> as well. That was a, a thing back in the uh, late 90s. Um, 
But also, you know, I, I would listen to that stuff with her and then go to my dad's and he'd be listening to George Jones and Hank Williams and, you know, Conway Twitty and just the old classic country. Uh, really introduced me to the uh, classic rock stuff too, Leonard Skinner and, oh, yeah. and things like that, man. So it's really, you know, I, growing up in, in those two extremes really kind of made me the musician that I am today as far as those influences go. Um, like I said, I grew up in church, grew up leading worship uh, in church and, uh, it, I just always loved that that gospel sound. I always loved that you know soulful sound. Um, yeah, I remember yeah. one time I was in a uh, children's choir play, and and we uh, we always got a book and a CD with our with our play that we were doing that year. And they're like, "Hey, go learn this, and then we'll pick who gets all the parts." And I remember this one particular year, man. I was really trying to find my voice, and it was kind of going through changes and stuff like that. And and uh, I remember hearing. Uh, this guy just sing really soulful, like on on this tape, and I was like, man, I want that solo. So you know, I practiced at it and everything, and that was one of my very first times to ever get into like that soulful sound and actually try to do it outside of like a a choir voice or a children's voice. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. So uh, it, that that happened, and uh, you know, I just kind of I I loved the way that that felt. Uh, it was really natural to me, you know, and and I just kind of. Went on and on with that, uh, continued, like I said, to lead worship, did that around uh, the southeast for a little while in Alabama until I went to college. Um, got into college and, and started playing around in the bar scene and uh, started doing the cover tune stuff um, and uh, started dating a girl there in college. Moved to uh, Georgia for a minute, literally three months, and then, uh, you know, some things happened and ended up saying, you know what, I want to move to Nashville. Um I packed up everything I did from Tuscaloosa when I was in college there at the University of Alabama. Um, packed it all up, and I moved to Georgia, uh, kind of following this girl, and um, ended up after that saying, hey, you know what? Things aren't really going the way that I want them to go. I'm going to move to Nashville. I've always wanted to be in Nashville, but I, one thing is I, like, I hate change. I, I don't like <laughs> to just jump up and go do something, but yeah. I was at a time in my life, man, to where it was like, Hey, you need to you need to jump, man. You need to go. You need to do something. If you're gonna do this now, is the time to do it. And when I'm saying like I made this decision in like a week, I mean it was a week. And I packed up everything I had, moved to Nashville, and that's been almost five years ago. Now I moved into a buddy of mine's basement, and uh, he's now my manager. Um, and obviously got my own place a couple months after that. But it's kind of in a nutshell, man, where I came from, and and kind of you know how those influences led me to to where I am now. And uh, yeah, man, that is. Uh, yeah, to make that jump, risk is like it's. You hear like famous people and stuff talk about uh, the importance of taking risks and stuff, right? right. And uh, that's something I've always struggled with too. Dude, it's hard, man. It really is. It and is. It's difficult. I'm sorry. I mean, no, no. Go ahead, man. It jumping and and taking that risk, man. You never know. That's so many people are so complacent in what they're doing because of the fear of of getting out, the fear of jumping, and fear of you know. I don't know. My, my buddy, the guy that I moved here from, he, he actually uh, sent me a uh, Steve Harvey video about uh, Steve Harvey talks about the importance of jumping and just taking that that initiative. Yeah, you might yeah, yeah. you know go through some stuff that, that you don't want to go through, but, you know, you got to do it to see. You never know. So um, at that point in time, you know, I, I really didn't have anything to lose. Like uh, I was just like, you know, I'm, I'm ready to kind of start life over and live for me for a little bit and, and not try to chase whatever around and and just kind of get to a point where I am uh that where I'm good with me and and content with being with Charlie you know and that was hard yeah and five years ago that would put you in your early early 20s so yeah. that's like the perfect time to make to do a big you know a big risk like it that. was man it was and I'm, I'm so glad I did and and come a long way since then and uh you know put out my, my EP back in January and that EP kind of um encompasses that whole whole darker time that I was going through during that time so I, it was kind of a closure thing to me to get that EP out and kind of put all that behind and now I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, recording my first uh, full-length album hopefully start recording this fall that's awesome dude yeah I was gonna I was gonna talk about your EP and yeah. all of that too and uh, I want to dive into that um, I want to talk I, I want to talk more about this risk thing though have you read the book um, what is it it's not the it's the uh, it's the war of art. No, I haven't. I've got it on Audible. I have <laughs> okay. not. Uh, I have not read it yet. Dude, I've you... heard some good stuff about yeah, it. Yeah, you need. I'm to not read a reader. That. I'm a I'm a <laughs> listener, man. As soon as Audible came out and started bringing all these books out, man, I, it changed my life. Because you know, I was traveling. I had a full time job and, and still do now and working. Uh, but I was traveling a lot for that. And in the vehicle, 
So I would literally download all these self-help books or whatever, yeah. man, and, and so be it. But I found some really cool stuff um, when when looking through that. One of them I just finished is uh, Mel Robbins' Five Second Rule, which oh, yeah. is incredible, where she talks about, you know, your mind after five seconds. It's either decided that, it you know, it's not going to do that anymore or you've changed your mind or talked yourself out of doing something. So just count down five, four, three, two, one, and just do it. Oh, and it yeah. starts with getting out of bed. Like, that that's one of the biggest things, you know, stop hitting snooze. And just count five, four, three, two, one, and get out of bed. Man, start your day. <laughs> I think I could do all of that except for the get out of bed part. Dude, it's, I'm <laughs> telling you, that's how you start your day, and it's so hard. And there was another book, uh, uh, "Make Your Bed" or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Was the name of it, about a guy that's that was probably in the military. Jordan, man. Oh, okay. That yeah. sounds like Jordan Peterson though, because um, he he has a whole thing about you know make your bed first thing in the morning. Yeah, to get yeah. I think whatever. that's what it is actually. Okay. Maybe, but anyway, that's that's a good good way to live life. Yeah, so. yeah. But, um, okay, yeah, okay. Well, you talked about the EP. Um, that came out in January, you said? Yeah, January yeah. 9th, my EP came out. Uh, it's only six songs, which makes that an EP, anything smaller than six songs, an EP. LP is something larger, anything over six songs, I guess <laughs> to say. Uh, but yeah, so that came out. Um, it's uh, it's something I'm really proud of, but something I'm ready to move on with. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and somebody, somebody asked me the other day, or actually I was reading or listening to an Audible <laughs> book, and... Uh, the guy on there was was talking. No, it was a podcast. Sorry, um, and uh, the guy was was um, interviewing a uh, producer, and he was like, "Hey, man, you ever just sit around and like listen to your works and listen to the things you created?" And he was like, "No, man, does an author sit around and read his book <laughs> that he just wrote?" He's like, "No, he moves on to the next thing." And you know that that's really kind of stuck with me, and especially throughout this creative process of you know getting my albums uh, recorded and everything. That's uh, that's been something I've really kind of thought about. You know, I'm I'm going to writers rounds and and these things, and yeah, I want to play those songs. And artists have to get out and and tour on what they've created. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, not being able to tour and stuff right now, man, has just got me just ready for the next thing so much. And and those songs just remind me of the past so much too. Like I'm ready to ready to get that out there. I, I think they're they're cool and great songs and all. But you know what I mean? Yeah, ready for the next thing. Well, I hate. I mean, I hate to harp on something that you're you're clearly ready to close the door on. No, but, not at all. But it, uh, it's part of it. Yeah, it uh, uh, it debuted number one on iTunes Blues Chart. Yeah, right? it did. That was that was really cool, man. Really, uh, really crazy. Actually, uh, we were when someone puts music out, and you know, you kind of watch the charts on on iTunes and everything. It it'll jump up in a day just because you know that's something new and a lot of people are listening to it or, as opposed to something else has been out for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but man, it stayed on there for like almost a week and it was really cool. Not necessarily number one, but in the top ten, just kind of bouncing around and that was uh that was pretty awesome. I, I gotta I gotta hand it to everyone that that listened and supported. Man, I got a really good uh, following of people that are really pretty loyal to that and it's uh, really cool. Yeah, that's really interesting. Like because, um. You know, I've dabbled in songwriting and stuff in the yeah. past, but I've never actually released an EP or anything like that. So I don't really know what goes into the marketing behind that uh, to get. Is there a certain way, like a marketing strategy you put together to uh, sort of help your chances of getting on, a, a you know, the top of a charts or something? Or was it purely, purely fan uh, driven? It, I would say a lot of it was fan driven. Man, there is awesome. so many ways. Yes. To answer your question, there there are yeah. so many things that you can do these days to get yourself on playlists, to get yourself on this. Playlists are the big things on the streaming platforms now. That's what I've been hearing. Man, you get yourself on a playlist, you get, I mean, you get tons of streams, you know. Um, In the Name of Love got on a playlist. The, yeah. the title um, track of my EP got on a blues playlist on iTunes, and that's what made it kind of skyrocket as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Is that playing over and over again and people hearing your music and then they're, you know, listening to that song and then that bleeds over into your EP and uh, those songs kind of, you know, gain that uh, that clout too, man. So it's just, uh, it's been weird. You you asked about a strategy. You know, when whenever I, uh, I, I work for, for a large retail company and uh, been working for them since I've moved to town. Um, whenever summer came, COVID hit, I lost my job and it wasn't due to COVID. They were restructuring and stuff like that. I lost my position back in July. Mm -hmm. um, me and my manager were sitting around. He was like, dude, he was like, you're going to, you know, we need to figure this out. If, if you're going to do music, then this needs to be, you know, your new, your full-time job. He was like, so you get up at eight o'clock, you're, you're usually on conference calls. So let's start doing that. Let's, let's get on these calls. Let's start at 8 a.m. every morning. And we did, man, five days a week. We got up at 8 a.m. and me, him, and our creative director who helps with the social media and everything, her name is Sam, um, 
we literally got on a call every morning at eight o'clock and talked about, you know, what's next, what's next, what are we doing tomorrow, what are we going to post today, you know, what are the strategies of getting this album out, what do you want merch to look like? We started doing this back um, in probably May of last year, um, and it has literally helped us out so much, man. We benefited from it so much, just making it a business and making it a priority. And, uh, you know, people have come like, what are you doing? Are you, is this your management? It's like, no, man, we're just like cracking down on it and really, right. really focusing on it and, and getting to it. Um, and, you know, we I started out with, you know, hardly any followers. I, I'm not where I want to be right now, but from where we were and where we've gotten to now without, you know, being on TV or getting some big break or something, mm-hmm. you know, we're proud of where we are. But we uh, we start with little stepping stones and and don't just uh, zone in on the, on the big picture. We you know give gratitude for those little steps that we make every every week. Like our goal this month was to reach twenty four hundred followers on Instagram, and we're I think two away right now. Hey, so nice. it's really cool, man. It's just celebrating the little things that kind of get you to where you want to be in life. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, so many people don't realize that the business side of it. There's so many great artists that I know that that could really, really benefit from everything you just like listening to what you just and said. It's hard, man. It's mm. not easy. You oh, know, no. it's something that that you literally. And I'm not saying I'm the best at it by any means, man. I learn every day, you know. Yeah. Uh, but we've had good practice with it for the past year, and um, you know. I'm I'm working in different directions to get to make things better each day, but I mean, as far as our basis goes, and as far as you know, getting a uh, a repertoire up of merch and and of you know trying to build a following and a fan base and stuff like that, man, I think we're I think we're on the right track, and and it just feels good, you know. You never want to feel behind, and Nashville can make you feel behind in a heartbeat, and you probably know that too. It's like your neighbor, everybody else is doing you know something a step more than you, and you're you know whatever. I, I've just I've come to realize, man, that my biggest motto to myself lately, and especially in the past year, and especially during COVID, is mind your own business. <laughs> you know, stay in your own lane. Because yeah. where are you going to get just, you know, coveting what this guy has or this guy has or this girl has? You know, I mean, stay in your lane. Stay where you want to be. Stay focused on you. And don't worry about everybody else that's, you know, come, and I'm not saying don't encourage them. I mean, I have a great group of, of friends that, you know, we're all encouraging each other, sharing each other's stuff. Um, but, man, it's just it's so important just to kind of step back from time to time and just mind your own business. Right. Stay in your own lane. Man, so many things I want to talk about with what you just said, the group, yeah. of, group of people you're you're in and everything. But we'll get in that, into that in a minute. But, um, but yeah, uh, yeah, networking and, and creating community around you is one thing, but to – Remind yourself to not be judging yourself on what they're accomplishing and everything. That's absolutely something you, uh, yeah, that's great advice. And it's hard. That's hard too, man. Everything's hard. Golly, man. Everything. But, but it is. It's just, it's, it's all in the mind, dude. You have to set your mind to it and, and get into that mindset of, you know, this is what I'm going to do and so I'm sticking to it. And the the more that you stick to it, the more that you drive it, man, the more results you see. And it's it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, One song I wanted to talk about on your EP is uh, Tennessee Will. And this sort of uh, goes into like the community type thing we're talking about. I think that's the the only song in your EP that was actually not at least a co-write by you. Yeah, they call it an outside song. So anything on your your project, your EP, LP, that is not your song, you just call it an outside song. Uh, But yeah, uh, buddy Adam Hood wrote that with uh, Pat McLaughlin. So did they, so did these... Uh, sorry, I just stepped on that. Uh, no, but, you're good. But uh, so did these people specifically, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you somehow had a relationship with them in some way. Did they did they write this song with you in mind as the artist? No, not at all. So Adam Adam released, jeez, uh, I, don't, I don't have it up in front of me, but Adam released Tennessee Will a while back. It's been mm-hmm. out for years. And uh, Adam's a incredible songwriter. He's from Alabama as well. And I uh, met him in Alabama and, and have known him for years, man. And and. He's got a couple of great albums right now. I'm working on some great new projects, too. But uh, that song has just always been one of my favorite songs of his and also one of my favorite, probably my top 10 favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Um, and uh, I reached out to him whenever I was doing this project, and I was like, man, I just really, really would love to cut that tune, man. And he was he was nice enough to, to kind of pitch that. Adam's got some big cuts with some bigger artists, man, so it was really a privilege of of him allowing me to do that. And, uh, so and did you, did you reach out to him and, and you're just like, uh, look, man, I love this song. Yeah. I'd love for it to be on the album. For sure. That's yep. awesome, dude. You, that, I, I preach that so much that just reach out to people and you never, it's, it's incredible 
who will actually respond. Worst they can say is no. <laughs> exactly. That's what we've always heard. All right. Well, okay. So tell me, uh, uh, I saw on your Instagram you just came back from a riders retreat. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that experience. How Man. you fell into this group of people and and just sort of. I mean, that just sounds like so much fun. Dude, it was incredible. We went to uh, Whitefish, Montana. We were like 50 miles south of Canada. Mm -hmm. And uh, I've never, I've been to Colorado a couple times, but never been out to uh, Montana. It's just everywhere you go out west, it seems is so different from the other, you know, in a, in a way. Uh, but yeah, we went out there, um, some great songwriters out there, man. Uh, Anthony Smith was out there, wrote Run for George Strait and Cowboys Like Us and Chrome for Trace Atkins and a lot of other hits. Trent Tomlinson was out there as well, big songwriter, and um, a lot of good friends too, and a lot of also great songwriters. You know, not, not everybody has those those big of cuts yet, but uh, we all had a fantastic time and just kind of landed in that group of people, um, hanging out with the local um, at, with uh, Terry Joe Box and her freak show that she does at the local here in town. Um, also, you know, hanging out with Chad and and um, uh, him introducing me to to, to people as well, um, and. Man, it's just, I'd just say just been blessed to, to be able to just fall into, you know, groups like this and just, you know, just being outgoing and networking, like you said, it's so important in this town. There's so many, you know, I don't even say cliques because that sounds derogatory, but, you know, there's so many different, you know, groups of people in this town to where everybody's got this thing going on. And it's kind of like you just kind of either pick or just kind of move around a lot of them. And that's what I've chosen to do is just kind of move around a lot of them. I stick into one when, you know, there's tons of great songwriters here in town absolutely um and and a lot of these um people the the songwriters retreats this is something that was new you know chad put together one at a uh, lake martin last year it's one of the first ones that i ever went on and um man we had a blast um went out there and uh, some of our friends have a house um out there that we've stayed in a couple of times and done a couple of of the retreats um and then you know this one came up in uh in um Montana, and now uh, I think Chad and uh, Kristen Kelly and a lot of them that were on that with us are actually in Texas now on her uh, Something Worth Saying. Uh, this is her first um, uh, retreat that she's put on herself, um, and they're all out there writing this week. I had to work, so, which, so that was awesome. Uh, so Kristen Kelly put this together. Where are they at now? They're in Texas. Okay. Yeah, I don't so know the, what part of Texas, but okay. uh, yeah, they are out That's there. That's cool. And, uh, a lot of my friends are on that, too, and a lot of them that were at that. So, man, it's just, I got four great songs out of last week. Yeah. Um, two of them possibly even going to be on my full-length album. Um, That's so incredible. Just, it's, it's so cool. And I was talking to my producer yesterday. We went to lunch, and uh, I was talking to him, and, and he was like, you know, how was it? I was like, man, I enjoyed those so much more than, you know, I love my rights here in town, but... Writing here in town seems more like a job at times because, I mean, you're doing it every day. You're doing it in the evenings after work or whatever, you know, whatever your story is. But going out on these retreats, you're there. You know you're out there to write songs, but you're also there to relax. And it's just a, it's a whole different atmosphere. Your mind's in a different place. You can kind of talk about it throughout the day with the people and, and say, hey, this is cool, this is cool, this is cool, instead of, like, walking in and be like, all right, man, what, what hooks you got? What titles you right. got? Right. Like, it's not a it's not a factory it's not a force thing right. as much. It kind of is a force thing though because we have we have times that you know we have to write and maybe we have two a day or whatever. But mm -hmm. it doesn't feel forced. It feels so much better. Yeah, if that makes sense. And and I don't feel like we're on a schedule of hey you got to get this done in three hours and you got to go to bed. It's like man we're here to do this. So yeah, exactly. we can take eight hours if we need to. That's so incredible, dude. That many creative minds, that many like minded people. I mean greatness just has to happen it does know? it and does man and there's there was some really cool songs written last week that's amazing and so uh was i mean is this the writing retreat thing is this something that's like common in these you said there's like so many different groups and cliques if you or whatever you want to call it in nashville um and i'm uh, and that's just in the country scene that we're talking about right, right now right um are these writing retreats happening with uh, Everyone in Nashville, or is this specifically something that this group of people has you know, sort of put together? I, I think that these things are happening with publishing companies. A lot of publishing companies are doing it. They're taking, you know, groups of people out and yeah. uh, maybe going to uh, places like we did, you know, maybe whatever. If you're going to a lake house or going to do something, um, I, I don't know. I don't know to answer that. I just know the ones that I've, I've been invited on and, and jumped on board and, and rode to, but... Um, I see things from from time to time, but most of it has been more so publishing companies that get yeah. all their artists together and writers. That's the whole thing, man. It's like 
you get all these people together, but you also have to keep in mind, like, I'm an artist. You know, I, I, I say artist first before songwriter and, and, and uh, describing myself. So um, there's a lot of people that go on these retreats that are just songwriters. You know, they don't claim to be artists by any means. So whenever you're structuring the rights together, you, you kind of want to structure it to where it's, you know, one artist, maybe two writers or vice versa, something. So two artists aren't stepping on each other's feet and, you know, not leaving the right with, oh, I'll never cut this, blah, blah, blah. You yeah. know, but uh, it, it just there, get, there's a lot more into it than you think. That could probably get really complicated. Um, yeah. Who who's on this co-write? Well, I was in the room. Well, did you did you well, put a comma in there? <laughs> yeah, there's a period in there. that has my name on it, man. Where's right. my cut? Oh, hell yeah. That's, that's good <laughs> so, I mean, how does that um how does that really? How does that typically work for a co-write? I mean, uh, do you have to do you have to open it up with the callousness of, all right, this is fifty fifty, or no, this is sixty forty because I'm coming in with the hook first, or uh, d- does any of that even get discussed, or is it just purely about the art? It really doesn't, man. It, it really never does get discussed I at think all. That's uh, for the uh, best. In, anyway, in in any room that I've ever been into, it it never really has gotten discussed. Uh, you know, when it comes down to uh, like publishing and writing and, and all that, you know, it's two different things. And and a lot of people might get really technical when you start to record and start to get into that and oh, yeah. reaching out to people saying, hey, this, that. But I, there's never really a time unless, you know, I've written three quarters of a song, then come to you and like, hey, man, you want to help me finish this? And like, I just needed like three lines at the end. Right. Then me and you might have a discussion later on whenever I go to cut this. Like, hey, man, you know, you only gave me three lines. Yeah. Thank you for helping. You know, I'm going to give you this amount yeah. of publishing or writing or whatever. So I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I, I would assume that might be how that goes. Yeah, it seems like it's it's probably pretty, unless you're just a complete dirtbag, it's probably right. pretty understood. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. I, I would feel that way too. So when you first came to Nashville, how did you, okay, so anyone that's coming to Nashville to be a, a songwriter or an artist like you are, um, how did you first start getting gigs? What would you tell them, anyone that's coming right now? Like, what did you do to sort of start making connections and getting gigs on the scene? I'll tell them the same as any job I've ever worked at tells me. It's all about who you know. And that's so true. That's true in the corporate world. That's true in, you know, the Nashville world. That's true everywhere. It sounds whatever, but it is. It truly is all about who you know. You know, it. you get into it, you're like, oh, man, I'm going to play on Broadway. That's everybody's first big thing whenever they get to town. I want to go right, play on right. Broadway. And you think about these people, oh, they're just sitting in there and they're, they're having auditions for these people to come in and play. Oh, man, it ain't like that. You know, some of them are, maybe like Tootsies and stuff, but the other ones are, are they've got someone booking their, their venue, their bar, and they're literally, I could text my friend right now and say, hey, I got this, this dude that wants to play. He's like, all right, cool, yeah, uh, send him my number. And that's how that guy gets booked. Yeah. You know, so yeah. it's not like what everybody thinks of, hey, I'm going to go busk, and then this bar's going to walk out and say, hey, come on in, we could use you tomorrow at 3. <laughs> you know, it's not it's not going to be like that. So, uh, man, my, my advice is to get out and network. Like like we just said, you know, get up, talk to people, get in a room and write with them, make relationships with people that you see maybe playing down there or doing whatever you want to do. i just using that as an example of playing on Broadway because that seems to be everybody's goal whenever they first get here um, to do. And, man, it just comes to a time like now, like I'm trying to, you know, get myself away from that as much and right. uh, trying to just focus on the original stuff and, and and not getting bogged down and wearing my voice out and all of that. But, uh, yeah, so I guess that answers that. <laughs> so, I mean, so did you so did you go downtown and just hang out oh, and yeah. start talking to artists? So, yes. And, I, and that's how you made your network? I was I was blessed, as I've been blessed many times in this conversation that, I, that I've said, but to have friends that were already in that. My oh, buddy, okay. my manager that I was telling you about, um, was already playing at a, a bar down on 2nd Avenue, Doc Holiday's Saloon. Um, really funny story, because uh, he was playing there, and he was like, hey, man, I'll get you some gigs as soon as you come into town. Like, that was part of his pitch to getting me to come oh, okay. into town. That makes sense. Uh, so I was like, yeah, man, cool. So he, I come in, and he's like, all right, got you this gig. This girl named Megan, she's booking it. I was like, cool. And now I date Megan, so there you go. And we've been dating for about <laughs> two and a half years now. But uh, anyways, it, it, all, it all worked out like that. You know, I... I would get into places and then go play other places with those people or get into a group. And my buddy Sean would uh, go play at Benchmark across the street. I'd go play with him. Managed to be like, oh, hey, yeah, who is this? Good to meet you. Like, you want to get on another, another shift by yourself? And 
I actually got in, man, and, and before I was really uh, fronting anything or fronting any bands, I sang backup in a band um, every Saturday night down on 2nd Avenue um, and was doing that, man. We did that for almost a year and a half, and that yeah. seems like forever. Um, but we did that until, you know, uh, that that ended. But anyway, I, I made a lot of connections with that. So it's just been just venue after venue of of just meeting people, meeting the owners, moving on, and people coming in and hear you and and things, but it's it's just getting your foot in that very first one, and I would say just networking is going to be the best way to do that. I mean, everyone has Facebook now, everyone has Instagram. You know, find these people, message them. You know, what we say earlier, they're going to say no. That's the worst thing that could happen. So. Yeah, right. And you never know who's going to say yes. Exactly. But yeah, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, everything just snowballs from there. You just get, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, well, anyways, uh, <laughs> that's really interesting to me. I love hearing you know, all about people's first, you know, like as they come to Nashville, the right. beginning of their and journey. And everyone's is different. It is. Some people yeah. sit on their hands for years, Dude. man, yeah. you know, and, and not because they, you know, they just don't know what to do. And and I get that. I wouldn't have known if I didn't have friends that were already in the scene that helped yeah. me out along the way. So that's why I say, you know, definitely blessed to be able to. And it's also, it's also confronting that anxiety. So yeah. like something I've had to learn is like, if you feel anxious about something, you're probably moving in the right direction. Yeah. You know, I like that. Yeah, it's good. And uh, uh, yeah, it, it it really is. It's really, but it's hard to overcome. And some people, you know, no matter they can be the most talented people in the world, and if they don't ever confront that, man, they just they sit stationary. Yep, I agree. When uh, let's get back to your your EP that's already out, and then we can move on and talk about your um, your yep, upcoming sure. album. Um, so what's what would you say is like your favorite song on that EP? And is could you tell us a little bit about the story behind it? Yeah, for sure, man. I, I'll talk about uh, one of the shortest songs on there, but one of my favorites on there is a song called Because of You. Um, that song is a, uh, it, it really takes me back and encompasses the whole thing I was talking about earlier about just kind of being a dark time in my life. Uh, whenever I first started that song, it was literally, I, I was at kind of rock bottom emotionally and uh, I was sitting on the edge of my bed just playing my guitar and I didn't want to be. And I was just kind of saying things that came to mind. And uh, it, the the lyrics, you know, I can't even watch the rain. I can't even feel no pain. It's all because of you. I mean, that's that's pretty vulnerable lyrics, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it wasn't anything with like too much thought behind it, but uh, it, it was something. I, I got two verses of that, or I got a bunch of words together that I knew I wanted to be in it, and uh, I didn't really know where I was going with that. Somebody asked me not too long ago and said, "Hey man, uh, how long does it take you to write a song?" I said, "Well, that's a pretty loaded question." I said, <laughs> "Well, uh, it." This song is the shortest one on the EP and took me the longest to write. Hmm. It took me two years to write that song. Wow. And because I was in such a dark place in my life that I knew that that song wasn't finished. It had to have some sort of redemption to it. You know, mm. it couldn't just end on that sad note. Yeah. So it took me living out my life, figuring out who Charlie was, getting into a better relationship and, you know, being happy and being happy with myself and being content to uh, where I was. And there comes the third verse, you know, um, finally found the love I need, uh, the kind of love that, you know, lets me be me. It's yeah. just uh, just a beautiful song of redemption to me, man, and, and one that I still to this day sing with a smile on my face, even though it's kind of short and sad and means a lot. But it's just a song that reminds me of where I was and that helpless feeling that I felt whenever I was in that position of, of anxiety and fear of moving and, and getting to a town where I didn't know hardly anyone, you know, and and it was uh, just reminds me of that and takes me back to that. And that, that'll always be one of the things that I, I treasure about this EP, too, is where I've come right. and how far I've come from that. The, the EP is almost like a stepping stone. And, yeah, exactly, yeah. to the segue of this full-length album that I'll kind of want to be, you know, the mecca of it all. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, man, I love hearing, uh, yeah, I love hearing. Behind the song. Yeah, exactly, straight <laughs> from the artist, you know. Right. Man, do you think you could play that for us on the show? We'd love to, yeah. Awesome. Let me uh, let me go over here and get some levels for you. Go ahead. Let me plug in. I can't even wash the rain I can't even feel no pain because of you Oh, because of you I can't even call a name 
I can't fall in love again because of you. Oh, because of you. You know it takes time, they say. Like all my time, you don't waste it away. I can't even hear a song I can't even sing along Because of you Oh, because of you You know it takes time They say Like all my time You don't waste it away the love I need somebody that loves me for me because of you oh because of you and I can write a hundred songs I finally found where I belong because of you it was all because of you And that voice you got is something. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate you playing that for us in the studio and everything, man. No That's worries. awesome, man. Thanks for asking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm. So what can you tell me about the upcoming album then? Oh, yeah. So this album to me, um, I don't know if listeners are, if you are, doesn't matter, but you'll kind of get my reference, I guess. But I'm a John Mayer fan, always have been. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, one of my biggest influences as great, well. Great blues guitar. Oh, man, he's awesome. And uh, songwriting and stuff, too. But uh, I, I want this next album to be my continuum album. You know, you you hear interviews of him talking, and, and he, to this day, you know, says that that is his prized possession, is his continuum album. So that's kind of uh, how I uh, describe what I want this to be. It's going to be upbeat. It's going to be a lot bluesier, a lot more soul um, I haven't even, like, this is the first place I've even kind of talked about it at, so this is really cool. That's um, awesome. But it's going to be a, really a, kind of an Al Green feel to it. You know, we've even talked about going to Memphis and, and cutting the album. Mm -hmm. um, we're going to add, add horn section and everything, too. It's going to be more upbeat. Um, all the songs are going to be, you know, those catchy, upbeat tunes. I, I, I came out of uh, that song and out of that EP, man, and just wanted to literally go 100 miles an hour and just be all upbeat and uh, I mean I'll have a couple other songs that are a little mellow but we're gonna uh, try our best to get some good uh, upbeat fun tunes on there that that um, truly encompass who I am as an artist yeah and what I want to be so do you have do you have a theme in mind other than just um, I mean obviously you're probably still working on the songs yeah yeah but uh, just a theme as far as southern soul is kind of where we're putting the genre at with this um, if that makes any sense. So, you know, it kind of has that, that, that country rootsy feel to it, but also not, it's still got that churchy soulful vibe, um, with those Southern roots. Uh, right. I know that's really well hipster of me to explain, but <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean, I think the people that, that are from here and live here will understand what you're talking about. Cause right, you, right. you, you know, you come across that. And that's where your church side of you comes in, is that yeah. gospel sa sound and, uh, yeah, mixing it up like that. Definitely. That's um, So when you say you want it to be your continuum, are you trying to mimic anything or in that album that he did, or are you just saying, like, you Not want it to be... Not necessarily, man. I, I want it to be something that I wasn't rushed to do, I wasn't in a hurry to right. do, and it's, it's something that I'm proud of. Yeah. I want each and every note, each and every song, each and every breath to be something that I'm super proud of and would put against anything. So you just want it to be your, when you say continuum, you want it to be your masterpiece. My best. Yeah. My best Some, as of now. Yes. Yeah. Something that, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Not that I ever, you know, never could come back and recreate it, but I want it to be hard. Mm -hmm. I want that to be a difficult feat. And what's the timeline on that? Are you working on it? 
uh, I was. I originally uh, I've been telling people for about a year now that I was going to start recording this summer, but here we are <laughs> uh, sitting here doing a podcast and not recording. But we're. Uh, I I'm hopefully starting. That's what I was talking to my producer uh, yesterday, Jay Took. Uh, we went to lunch and then he came out to uh, played at the local at a, a, a writers round there and he came out. And we were talking all day about it and he really wants to get started this fall. So hopefully get started this fall. I would love to have something. Uh, around the same time that I put out the EP, so maybe early uh, part of next year. Okay, be awesome. Yeah, I can't wait, man. I can't wait for that. And uh, you know, Charlie, I thank you so much for coming on the show. Dude, thank you, man. Thanks um, for having me. This is awesome. Thanks for what you're doing. Yeah, absolutely, Seriously, dude. Appreciate and it. I want you to be a part of this this network that we're building. And everything, as, yeah. as much as you want to be. Oh, I'd love to. Um, and uh, yeah, I kind of end the episode. I'll give you the end of the episode to promote and plug everything you got going on. Okay. But I sort of end it the same way every time. Um, and, you know, we've been talking a lot about networking. And, and what I'm trying to build with this is basically a network, another one it. of those networks that you have come across, you know, and, uh, um, you know, sort of in that same vein. Is there an artist, a local Nashville artist that you would recommend to the listeners that, they, that you think needs to be uh, shouted out or people, you know, need to pay more attention to? Wow. Good question, man. Uh, they have to be local? Yeah, yeah, sort of the whole theme of the podcast. <laughs> I get it. That makes sense. Yeah, Nashville. Real music, Nashville. That makes sense. Um, Man, yeah. I I would say, uh, and it was funny, I, I talked to her last night. Uh, she kind of walked by me, and uh, I, I would say friend Kaylee Hill. You know Kaylee? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. man, definitely check her out. She's got some really cool stuff going. She's got... um. Uh, I think she's working on a project now herself, getting in the studio a good bit more, man. But one of my favorite female vocalists. And, you know, and, yeah, I'm not even going to get into that. But, yeah, she's <laughs> she's absolutely incredible. She truly is. I mean, her, things she can do with her voice is, is phenomenal, and she's so tasteful, too, at, at what she does and a great songwriter. Um, I would say to, to keep her on your radar, that's for sure. And you get her on here, man. Absolutely. She'll be awesome. Yeah, I'll look her up as soon as you leave, actually. Definitely. And, uh, okay, so one last question. Um and, you know, we may have already gone over this, but just maybe sort of reiterate, just any advice for any um, up-and-coming artists trying to, you know, find their way in the Nashville music scene? Yeah, man. I will say uh, don't get discouraged and mind your business. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, that's Charlie That's Charlie Argo. Thank you so much again for coming on. Just, Thank you, And, and uh, you know, plug uh, and promote anything you want. You, it, tell us it, anything you got going on I want to know about. Yeah, dude. CharlieArgo.com. We can start there. Uh, you can find any of my merchandise, where I'm playing, uh, my music, anything uh, that you want is right there at Charlie Argo Music or charlieargo.com. Easy as that. Uh, you can find me on social media, um, Instagram, at Charlie Argo, uh, Facebook, Charlie Argo Music, um, Twitter, Charlie Argo. It's pretty straightforward. You pretty <laughs> much get on a social media platform and type in Charlie Argo. That's the... Uh, the perk, I guess, of having a last name that's not so common. But, yeah, look me up, man. I, I appreciate the follow. appreciate the support. Um, thank you for having me on here. This is a great thing, too. So, yeah. Absolutely. Thanks for thanks again for coming on, man. And, uh, yeah, everybody just go check out his EP and watch out for his album dropping sometime next year. Yeah, and all that's on uh, Spotify and iTunes and Apple Music and all that, too. All your favorite streaming platforms. Woo. Charlie Argo, thanks so much, man. Thanks, brother. Appreciate you. That is the episode with Charlie Argo. Uh, that was a great conversation. That guy, man, his voice is just incredible. Um, don't forget about his EP, In the Name of Love. That's out now on all your favorite streaming platforms, so go check that out and support him. And don't forget about his upcoming album next year, so keep an eye out for that. Also, just a quick reminder to uh, go check out the Deconstructed Sessions on our YouTube channel. Look for the playlist called the Deconstructed Sessions. All that content can be found there. And don't forget that this Wednesday on the 19th, Jax Hollow is going to be doing a live stream in studio with us that we'll be producing. Um, I'm super excited about that. So come check it out. All right, we will transfer out of this episode with another song off of Charlie Argo's EP that is out now. Um, this song is called Tennessee Will. Blind man on an old upright piano. A lady in red on a bandolier. Playing songs like old Suzanne. 
getting slower with each jam. I'll catch a ride on a steamboat, baby. Make it home with time to give. If the Mississippi River don't carry me to you, I know that the Tennessee will. Well, I never did believe in Memphis It really never was the end of the line So I'm going back home to Alabama Don't care. 